here in Ballet fans. Happy New Year. It's 2022. Can you believe it? I really can't. I feel like 2021 went by so fast and I'm just excited for a new year. It's snowing up here in Baltimore. I hope if you had some snow, you're safe, you're sound, and you're enjoying some hot chocolate, um, maybe enjoying a nice stout from one of your local breweries, and just enjoying the day. Hope you had a wonderful holiday break, and we're back! So here's part two of our lovely interview with Britta Joy Peterson. If you missed out on part one, go ahead and scooch on back to the last podcast, but we're here, we're back, it's 2022, and let's get back to Britta Joy Peterson. I digress. So my my mission is like togetherness and body and I find that by making dances and teaching alongside like like walking alongside students and seeing them grow I'm sure and seeing what influence yeah. they take in and how they take it totally. um, yeah. And, and that's something else I wanted to point to is you're talking a lot about it already, but on your website, you have a full page just listing your collaborators that you've worked with, giving their bios and giving them like really great credit for the work that they've done for their involvement in your work, which I think is just, it's great. It's fascinating. A lot of times we don't see that. So I can tell that these collaborations, they mean a lot to you. And I think that they, or at least it seems that they continue on for years to come. Yeah. I'm really glad that you see that because it's extraordinarily important to me. Um, the people that I am humbled to work alongside, it's like almost impossible to say how much they mean to me. I do some weird shit, you know, (laughs) and to, and to, to be able to work with folks that, you know, are willing to slip through the rabbit hole and, and really grapple with difficult ideas. I am insistent on having the right people in the room for the for the project. Um, so I don't have a company per se because the needs of the work shifts very dynamically. And there, I am really committed to the people I work with. And so, you know, repeated engagement is something I work towards because I my work is very. Uh, integrated with design elements the designers are imperative to the impact of of the work and i i am i'm extraordinarily visual when i am working meaning like i know how i can see everything and how it interlocks as i'm working and so working with designers is something that i begin immediately like it is it is not it is not a layer that is added at the end it is something um so like for me technical residencies are a must um in order for my work to to grow and develop so yeah I the those people and honoring their work and crediting them as such is it is a no-brainer for me. Um, I, the website is designed by one of my closest collaborators now, Olivia Weber, who is my associate producer. We've been working together now for about two years, and she, you know, we we spent a lot of time communicating value. Is the beginning of anything for me. 
Hmm. Um, like what are my values and how are, how are my values steering and guiding whatever I'm doing, whether it's designing the dance program at American university or starting a new project or talking to my niece, (laughs) you know, like, like what am I, how is, how is my value system steering the choices and how do we communicate with as much care as possible those values Mm -hmm. and the website is a way to you know and like Olivia's done incredible work and we still have you know ideas about how to be even clearer yeah they're so amazing they're such brilliant brilliant artists I'm so lucky yeah, from all of their profile, like all of the bios that you have listed, I was like, oh my God, these people exist in the world. Like there's people like this who <laughs> just, they do some yeah. fantastic stuff. And I, and I noticed too, because we're having this conversation about how theater is such a large part of your work and your world. Yeah. Um, and yet you still have dramaturgs coming in. And oh, yeah. for our, our listeners who don't know, dramaturgs, you know, they come in, they look at the material and like, historically does it make sense um, from an actor's or from a director's point of view within theater does it make sense it's such a vital thing I I believe anyway in a dance world to to have that in the room just a different eye yeah I'm working right now with Chris Porzal who's a dear friend and somebody who knows we went to graduate school together and he is a brilliant artist and um, an emerging scholar and a PhD student at UMD nice um, and he I respect him like feverishly like he's such a brilliant person and he he's working with me dramaturgically in terms of all the embodied theory that is like, I'm thinking of like buoys that like buoys up frequencies. And so we meet, like we're reading theory and he's, we're looking at footage and, you know, with in COVID, you know, where he's not in the rehearsal room with us, but at this stage, I'm working with almost 50 people and connecting with Chris is a way for me to be really grounded in the the questions and the context and and how that is lifting up all of the choices I'm making and the various components of the work. So this relationship, this dramaturgy relationship is a little bit different in the sense that it's like really allowing me to connect very clearly with what I'm doing, like in a nicely periodic way. And because of the the respect we have for one another, like we're really, you know, he, he asks me the big questions and like, it helps me stay really aligned in what I'm doing. So we'll, we'll read things, we'll look at things, we'll grapple with things. Like I'll call him if I'm having, like one of the scores that I brought to the dancers in a rehearsal a couple of weeks ago, like we had to, like, if you think of a kaleidoscope, you have to like turn the kaleidoscope a couple of times in order for the, the information to make sense. And like, I, I can call him and talk through like, okay, here's, here's what I recognize as what I need to change about how I delivered this information and how, how the dancers were so brilliant at working through and like how we solve this as a way to get after the ideas 
that was still extraordinarily difficult. Like we didn't end up with an easy score that worked for everyone, um, sort of. But then like making sure that people had enough entry points that worked for them. And like, that's also a difficulty with the work that I make is how to make sure it makes sense for everybody, that everybody has a way in that works for them because the way in that works for me cannot be this, the same way that works for you because we are literally different people mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have different histories and we have different backgrounds and, and it requires time and care and work and thought, but it yields these really rich, accessible, palpable performances that then turn these dances into something that hopefully we can wade through and work with. And I'm hearing like there's there's even collaboration with the dancers that you're working with. And, oh my and that God, makes them yes. even highly collaborative. excited to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah highly collaborative. And that keeps them interested too. And then every time they perform, I mean, hopefully these works will be performed many, many a times, you know, in different mm-hmm. spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and how how do you keep the dancer interested? that entire time. And at least in my own work, I found that like, if you really have them involved, if you really have them investigate, ask them questions, get them involved within the research. That's such a great way to keep them interested every time. And also like their voices are imperative because the world is complex, like beautifully complex. And the more voices that are a part of the creation of the thing, hopefully the more people can reach in from the audience. Yeah. So it's like very foundational to my practice. You know, it, I I would say it's not the, it's not every dancer's favorite way of working and that's okay. And I think that's like something to know is that there's a lot of artists out there and they work in lots of different ways. And there is like, I have a friend who jokes that I'm a curator of souls, like what it means to bring the right people into the room, because the composition of the working energy is everything. It is everything because we spend hours together in the studio and we spend not that many hours on the stage. Mm -hmm. And so like having a really rich way of working together yeah, find the find the find the folks that you work with that nourishes your soul every time you step into the studio. And it's not going to be perfect. Nobody is perfect. <laughs> so, right. So make sure you're ready for that, but like that you feel respected and cared for in your working space. Like that's and that you're filled up because sometimes you just want them to give you the step and you do the step and you leave. Those are also good gigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trust me and dance them and yeah. they're they're good gigs and especially we're talking about trust and respect and 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 having that in the room i think that's been emphasized through these times of covid you you've been doing a lot of work during covid um a, a lot of innovation stuff has been has been going for you are there any innovations that you'd like to chat about like any new things or yeah. thought ways of working for you Yeah, well, I guess I want to start by saying that working, I don't, for better, for worse, working is what helps me connect to the world. And so if you haven't read it, um, Sydney Mosley wrote a beautiful article 
it's it's quite a short read and it's very to the point about like no one should ever feel pressured like no one should be pressured to make dance in the pen in the pandemic and for me it's been about engaging meaningfully and like that I, I think you can hear that that's kind of my my mission anyhow and so finding ways that we could connect meaningfully We've been working in lots of different ways. Um, I've done a lot of Zoom rehearsals that were really like, like, and now hold me. We did a series of provocateur sessions. One of the dancers is in Berlin. One of the dancers is here in DC. And we met with Pixie Adventura, who is a drag queen based in New York. And we met with Chris, actually, who's based in New Jersey. And we met with Patty Gallagher, who's a clown and mask and acting director in California. And so there's something about the pandemic that made that more possible Mm -hmm. um, to be doing rehearsals. Oh, we also had a brilliant session with my dear friend, Inertia DeWitt, who she and I have like out of that work, we've developed a workshop. And so there was some really beautiful ways of working that I think may have not have yielded or or may have not have come about because of the without the pandemic yeah um and because everybody was working online um and then there's like I did a big workshop with the external organ team which is what a model for saying with um actually came out of so all of that research with that brilliant cast yielded this video installation that Robert Wifter and I are collaborating on along with um, Aaron Tucker, Derek Blackstone, um, and Evan Anderson. And that that project would not have emerged like in this capacity. So I think that's I think that's one of the things that I excel at is thinking dynamically, but also uh, that's like a shitty sentence. I I think what I mean is like, I set out to make work that is right now. Like the work has to have its own life force. It must breathe on its own. And if if we try to contain or constrain our processes, we are, and I shouldn't say we, I should say I, I am not open to what the universe is perhaps unfolding for me yeah but there's also you know my theater practice um I choreograph theater and I pick up that money and I give it right into my dancers pockets yeah so like the the cancellation of many of my theater gigs made the economic structure you know it, it was really scary there for a bit and I'm grateful for the incredible agencies that were available where those gigs that I lost I was able to um, apply for a bit of money to um, maintain work for a lot of the dancers that I work with and a lot of the collaborators that I work with I think that the in terms of innovating I think the thing that has worked I think it's like a Barishnikov thing or like maybe Balanchine. I think it might be Balanchine. Like you work with who's in the room. Right. And that's kind of how I feel about the way I grew up. You worked with what you had. Like you built a fort out of dad's garden trellis and bread, bread bag, twist ties and 
some freaking sticks, you know, like that's, that's what you build your fort out of. Mm -hmm. And so what, what, what's available and how can you build something meaningful out of what's available? And, and that's kind of, kind of been it for my, my whole life. And sometimes what's available is a beautiful theater. And sometimes what's available is Robert Lifter's backyard. And what, what is always available are brilliant, brilliant people who are also brilliant problem solvers. So yeah, you know, in the last year, I've, I've been fortunate to be working in many different ways. I'd have to admit that the last month has been really tough because I'm, I'm doing so much. And if y'all don't know yet, Online shit is extraordinarily time consuming. Mm -hmm. It takes so much time. It takes triple, quadruple the amount of time to do something online that it would in person. Yep. And that sucks my life out of my body. Yeah. It is, it is very, very draining, but I've also been lucky to have safe in-person shoots and rehearsals and um, outdoor engagements and boy do those things fill me up I don't know (laughs) like that doesn't really answer your question it it does though it does I mean and and it, it is something to chat about of like god it's so exhausting to produce work during COVID and to teach online dear god it's so like I feel so, I feel so, so hard for my students and I'm lucky to have really close, you know, respectful professional relationships with them. And I care about them deeply and like this shit sucks for them. And, you know, you like I do everything that I can to make it an enriching, exciting, worthwhile experience, but it still sucks. Like I know you teach um, at the university as well. So it's like, it's hard to live your life through this little silver box. <laughs> little teeny tiny thing. I know. Well, yeah, it's but hard for us too, because we had oh, that college exactly. experience and we know like, I, I just, there, there's a couple of my college moments where I just, I will treasure those forever, especially being a senior standing on stage and doing my last performance and curtain goes down, you cry your eyes out and you know, you hang with your buddies and then you see these undergraduates who who want that same experience, but unfortunately right now can't have it. And then how do you as a teacher give that to them still? Like how, how can yeah. they have that moment, that shining moment? Yeah. yeah. It's a and lot. Like, well, yeah. And I think you hit it, you hit it right, you know, right squarely on the head of the nail there where it will not be the same. And I think that having an expectation, I think that maybe that's, the thing that has kept me together the most is not expecting it to be the same. The joy and connection that I feel when dancing inside of a group of people cannot be matched by me dancing alone in my living room. It will not be the same. And if I expect it to, I am setting myself up for disappointment. And so rather than trying to replace stepping firmly into what's possible, 
and being upfront with myself about that, I think has been one of the most important things. I also live very far away from my family. And so, you know, it's, it's been an interesting time to come to terms with what's possible without being able to tap, tap into like that broader network. Like I, I feel like I've built my life very much around my career and have leaned very heavily on the ability to travel to go see these people that I love that are scattered throughout the world. And so like this, is, this year has been a really good test of, do I love this thing that much? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, does it actually fulfill me enough? Hey, Dear and Ballet fans, just popping in to say hi. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. And also, some exciting news popping up here in Baltimore, Maryland. We will be having our very first in person class. That is right. After almost a year of. Zoom classes, a year of podcasting. Can you believe that? We are going to have our very first in-person class after COVID-19. And it's going to be at Ministry Brewing here in Baltimore, Maryland, January 12th, um, 7 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. We are going to have Zoom invitations for those of you who are not within the Maryland area. So keep an eye out. A lot of that information will be released this week. And we're so excited. We can't wait to be back in a space with you. We can't wait to hang out and chat with you live in person and see what you all have been up to. It's so exciting to me and I can't wait. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of the podcast. I mean, the answer is no. Dance cannot, dance is not nearly as good as like playing with my nieces and nephews and getting to see my friends and, you know, all that. But connecting with folks through art has been very meaningful like tying it back to the Sid Mos- the Sydney Mosley um, piece, like finding meaningful connection has been really a huge blessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say. And having that, uh-uh. ability- I hate talking about COVID. Oh, I know so it's the worst. It's so <laughs> icky. It's so icky. Yeah, <laughs> we both like for first, real. We like, just shrugged our shoulders and our hands were yeah. so close to us. Like, but yeah, but you're bringing up a good point of the amount of collaboration that's possible now. When before COVID, I those those were possibilities, but I don't think we would have thought of them very first thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that is an interesting thing to think about too absolutely and you know what we're not in control of jack shit like I think that's like that's like one of like like haha like best made plans and I I try to like it's something that I try to teach as well like I think I live it pretty successfully but like being able to utilize my dance skills to respond to what is here right at this minute um that that ability to be present, to be aware, to tap into my intuition, to listen, to have situational awareness, to make um, decisions. Dance gave me that, you know? Oh, COVID. The world literally was like, you thought you had it planned, folks. And Uh just kidding. Gotcha. (laughs) So the ones who were like, which I am part of that group of, no, it's going to be a week. We'll be fine. (laughs) Me too. I just made, I just made a big joke about that. Where like, 
I was talking about being confident about the fall. And then I was like, fuck, I said that <laughs> like March 29th, 2020. Yep. I was like, I'm confident. Yeah. Oh, I knew nothing. Yep. We have it marked on our calendar. Our very yeah. last outing, like it, it officially has been a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Listeners, I'm going into my second cocktail. It's called the reanimator and it is walnut, um, Noshino and whiskey. And this one was taught to me by my brother-in-law who has taught me a lot about he is pro- he is a true connoisseur of all things alcohol and it is delicious he makes his well yeah he's a he's we could talk we could get into booze but mm-hmm. I think we have more dance stuff to talk about right and the fun thing is I'm drinking out of but so my students that gave me whiskey they also gave me a whiskey glass um which very sweetly they they had they picked one that has DC etched on it, which Aww, is very sweet. Yeah, so they're a good, sweet. they're a good bunch. It's so clear you have such a wonderful relationship with them. You mean a lot. I'm lucky. I also work really hard at it. Um, they, I always joke that I'm blessed with the most amazing students. I was blessed to have a lot of adults in my life that gave a shit about me. Um, in very specific ways and I think that everybody deserves to have an adult that gives a shit about them speaking of some new things cheers to you by the way hey cheers 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 speaking of some new things that's been going on um at least on is it good it's strong she needs a little bit of time for the ice to melt but she's delicious we had a little wince it's okay (laughs) Charged up. My ratio might be a little wrong, but we're fine. It's It's delicious. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, on Instagram, um, because I've been following you ever since we highlighted you over the summer and everybody else, if you haven't yet, you better go give her a like. At Britta Joy Peterson on Instagram, Facebook, and the interwebs in general. There you go. (laughs) Keeping it simple. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. But you have a couple of new projects going on. Um, One is at Dance Place. Yep. I saw it. It's called Exquisite Frames. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to chat about that. And then I know that the project you started working on at the Kennedy Center too. Yeah. Yeah. So coming up, so Exquisite Frame is a platform that uh, leverages the precarious potential of the digital platform. So it's um, a, like, I've I've developed lots of programs where I've kind of lived all over the United States and everywhere I've gone, I've developed um, different programs. So they're like, when I lived in Seattle, I developed Ship Gold, Shit Gold, which is um, still running at Velocity Dance Center, which is a similar platform to Exquisite Frame um, where Shit Gold, you know, like, the very basic premise is like you show a lot of shit at one at some point you're going to come across some gold and both of these platforms uh prioritize um performance as a research practice like we like making and showing things as artists is a is a way that we are still in research it, again like performance is not the end it is 
just a port that we pass through um, on our journey. So for Exquisite Frame, it's a riff off of, um, actually I haven't told this story in a while. It's a riff off of um, a series of creative prompts that we would use all the time in my graduate work where the, the director at the time, Simon Dove, he would pull a task. Um, it was actually a part of our graduate school audition. Actually, it was Chris's, it might've been Chris's task. Anyways, the task is to put something ordinary in an exquisite frame. Hmm. And I think about that constantly because it forces us to consider like what is ordinary and what is exquisite and it's an expression of values. Hmm. So when the pandemic hit, I, you know, and I'm very tapped in, you know, I'm 34. Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm like simultaneously like 82 and like 13. Um, But I'm tapped into our like 20, you know, 20s early career artists. And also like our peers who are hungry for a bit of a low stakes but high visibility platform. And so as part of my residency at Dance Place, I'm, I've been able to create this platform with them, um, the team there. The first round was fucking awesome. I got to co-curate with, um, so I invite a co-curator every um, session and Candace Scarborough was the first co-curator this, um, this upcoming show, which is on April 10th. Um, I co-curated with Catherine Lopes um, or Catherine Lopes Zuccheri and it's a great show um, with work by Sarah Beth Oppenheim, Greg David, Stephen Lyons II, Tori Yoon and Jonathan Sue. It's gonna be a great show and it's what's great about it is like it's it's like five to six minute works so it's a really like swift experience on digital world because I know that anything like right now this conversation's really long are you still listening you know like yeah um yeah so like making it a really sweet and tasty but like impactful and meaningful experience we're going to do a chat on IG live after where we will toast the artists yeah it's a cool it's a cool platform I'm really proud of it and I'm really proud of the relationships that I've gotten to strengthen and getting to know artists and support artists through my residency at um, Dance Place because, you know, DC is marvelous and we're lucky to have the Dance Place residency as one of the opportunities, um, but there's not a huge amount out there. So trying to leverage my platform as much as I can uh, to support others. Um, and then frequencies, um, we just finished filming um, at the Kennedy Center just last weekend. Frequencies is a, is a big installation project that will open in October for timed entry. So it's a, it's a 20 minute um, immersive installation and uh, folks will have an opportunity to engage with, I haven't, I haven't written my elevator pitch yet. So this is a ah. good, a good opportunity to do it on the fly, but folks are going to have an opportunity to um, engage with, well, fuck the word engage. Folks are going to experience 
different frequencies that arrive from movement, sound, and light. We also are calling it a bit of a like tuning mechanism for like reemergence from the pandemic. That that wasn't its goal. I started working on this project two years ago before I, like when I was just getting a regular old flu shot, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, all the days. And yeah, those, those twere the days. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, this, I'm, I, I'm working with an incredible team to build, uh, yeah, what I'm, I'm describing as like a meeting of like a carnival ride, a fun house, an art gallery, and like a dance piece. It's, I think it's going to be, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm really, and like the, the designers are unreal and the dancers were fucking stunning like truly brilliant performances I'm so excited for folks to see brilliant cast of all DMV dancers (laughs) bring bring your pod so yeah you'll folks will be able to sign like to book entry for either one or like their household pod to go in together oh nice that's smart and it's fully automated so like kind of think like at the Disney world, like somebody presses the button for the Ferris wheel to go. Um, so you're, you get to be inside of the installation all by yourself. Wow. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. It's like I'm stoked. The, yeah. It's kind of what the doctor ordered a little bit after all of this. Ha-ha. 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 Yeah. 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 Jokesters over here. And yeah. And like, stay tuned. Um, and now hold me will be premiering hopefully um, 2122, but you know, nobody knows anything. So like, can't wait that, that piece. I'm really looking forward for folks to see. And, and then I'm going to take a break. I was going to ask, what do you oh. break? <laughs> and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to like go camp. Like I, I camp. Um, so then I'm going to go camp for like a couple weeks and not ever look at a screen. And relax. Look at the stars. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, work is, work is, yeah, it's my way of connecting right now, you know, like connecting with you right now. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. And you listeners in the future, whenever you hear this. Oh, yes. It's going to happen. <laughs> well, I know we're running close to time, but we have a favorite thing that our listeners love a lot. It's called Rapid Fire. <gasps> my always favorite part of the podcast yeah it's always favorite part yep always favorite part okay I'm ready I might not be so rapid I'm gonna try to be rapid I I like started to look at these questions and I was like wait no then I'm gonna think about it you're gonna think about it yeah no first thought best thought that's the way that I've been trying to tell everybody yep yep all right what's your second favorite sandwich second favorite sandwich Mm -hmm. would be fried chicken with a pickle and spicy mayonnaise oh my god that's my first I oh so good um and we'll have this final question of and I feel like we've we've sort of chatted about it we've tiptoed around it do you have a favorite brewery and if so do you have like a favorite beer from that brewery it's two very hard questions okay so this is very complicated what you're asking. Oh no. <laughs> okay. 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 
the beer that I think about a lot is New Belgium's Champagne Hopped IPA mm-hmm. that they don't really make very much. Like that, it, like when Champagne Hops were like fucking cool, they made it. But like the dry bitterness of that is something that is incredible. Um, Indeed, which is a a brewery in Minneapolis makes an incredible series of sours that are um, something I really love. I locally write proper raised by wolves is something mm-hmm. that I like. It's a, it's a, like, it's a constant, you know, it's going to be great every time anything by Trogues I like. Oh my God. They're our newfound favorite. Ever since we anything by Trogues I like is Little yeah. Red Fox. It's a it's a tiny cafe. It's not tiny, but it's it's a great cafe on Connecticut Avenue. Um, they make incredible sandwiches, and it's a market, and it's they are good people. They are good folks. Their chef is unbelievable. Get the BLT. Hey. Get the get the. <laughs> freaking breakfast burrito and then you also can pick up beer and my favorite wine right now which is Paquette by um old Westminster yeah old Westminster's um terracottas or I, I believe that's right um yeah, and they they're they're one of the Aslan purveyors and I think that the last IPA I had was called thoughts thoughts on meaning or thoughts about meaning um and they do small batch runs of beer and they're not carried by everybody and it is it is outstanding my brother-in-law his brother-in-law is a brewer brewed for summit for quite a while makes beer um under ovaldi which is our like my sister's family's farm um so like rhubarb and hops all grown on the farm um that goes into these beers and you know I think one of the coolest things to do when we get to travel again is to show up at the liquor store get to the local section do a build your own six-pack and like get to know the beer where you are I think that's what I love about old Westminster as a winery as well as like um what does it mean to commit to where you are you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like growing growing stuff on the land where you are and um I have a lot to learn still I don't know about you but like moving to the mid-Atlantic it's like where the fuck am I yeah (laughs) like real what what is it like I I grew up where like I was in Canada, I was in the Boundary Waters every summer and like really connected to, to like the land where I was. Um, and I have, I've had a difficult time doing that here. Um, I'm getting better. So listeners, if you have any suggestions, I would love them. Well, <laughs> Find your local brewery. Right. Make some friends. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> that, that is Find your local that... dance organization and make some friends. There you go. 
<laughs> yeah. You're in ballet. Wrap it up, bitches. <laughs> Beat well, you at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of wrapping it up, it sounds like it's it's about that time, y'all. I oh. tried to clink my glass with my mic. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna do an imaginary clink of cheers and um clink. Lincoln, and thank you so much for coming. This has been such a fantastic conversation and I'm so glad to get to know you a little bit more and to get to chat with you. And I'm excited to hopefully see you in person for real <gasps> at a bar. What a, what, a, what a thought. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be a thing. In the flesh. In the flesh, yeah. All yeah, the things. Dude. We can do all the arm wiggles and it'll be great. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> So beer and ballet fans, please go check her out. Britta Joy Peterson. She is fantastic. As you've been hearing, check out the website, check out the Instagram, check out the Facebook, check out all of the amazing projects she's working on that's coming up very soon. And other than that, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.